This episode of the Leading Ladies podcast is proudly sponsored by Dutton Gregory Solicitors. After 75 years building an enviable reputation for its legal services on the South Coast, Dutton Gregory has responded to the demand of its national property clients and opened a new office in the city centre of Liverpool. From property purchase, development and lettings to the commercial needs of companies and personal circumstances, find out all about Dutton Gregory's full range of legal services and friendly solicitors at duttongregory.co.uk. Hi and welcome to Spill the Tea with LLIB. I'm Cal and I'm Claire and together we founded the incredible platform that is Leading Ladies in Business, a platform that inspires and supports female business women across the globe. Welcome to Spill the Tea with LLIB. We're so excited to have you with us today. It's Rachel, everybody. Yay! Yay! <laughs> well done to all of you who guessed correctly over on social media. The debate was huge and the excitement was real. So, Rachel, tell us about your journey. Tell us about where you're up to now and what that's been like for you. Okay, well, thank you, Claire thank and Carl, for having me. It's so um, great to be here and be involved um, in the first few episodes of the podcast and congratulations. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. <laughs> oh, God. So, oh, what was the question? <laughs> and I'm so excited we forgot the questions, everybody. I'll but just, I'll just, just read the board again. Hang on a second. We'll do a quick refresh and we are on. Tell us about your journey. <laughs> female founder and entrepreneur so far, how did that begin and what's that journey look like for you? Okay. Spill the tea. <laughs> okay, thanks ladies. So, um, yeah, so I had a successful corporate career for 13 years before I did what I do now. Um, and basically my story is um, about burnout. So having gone through that kind of health experience myself, that made me kind of uh, take stock of everything and basically change career to do what I do now. So I'm now a nutritionist and functional medicine practitioner. I run a functional medicine clinic called Renutrition and help tired and white women who are struggling with that burnout to wake up feeling energized, um, thinking clearly and able to kind of fulfill their true potential. So really it was kind of going through my own experience of that and then retraining, setting up a business um, that's brought me where I am today in a really quick nutshell <laughs> perfect and what um if there's anybody out there who's sort of struggling with burnout and they might not know what that looks like can you describe yeah. what burnout can can look like or feel like for for people yeah um I mean we're all different aren't we yeah. and that's kind of the whole premise of, of, mm. of functional medicine that is, is our own individuality so it can look different for different people I think for me it, it was um almost like trying to kind of still look like myself on the outside, but feeling different on the inside. And I think they're the types, so that's hard to spot in somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. But in yourself, um, I think it's things like changes in your own patterns and behavior. So for example, I started to withdraw socially and just kind of kept going work, 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 and then sort of letting friends down and like oh, retreating wow. myself a little bit. Um, and then physically, it was the, the typical symptoms of like tired, being tired and wired. So kind of constantly having the mind buzzing mm. and that kind of anxious feeling of the to-do list. And then feeling that like sense of exhaustion where, mm. you know, you're struggling to sleep. And then the next day you can't get yourself going again mm. um, until the point where you actually do kind of like literally burn out where you can't function anymore. But little things were happening before that. So I was putting on weight. I was feeling stressed. Um 
female symptoms. So like, like periods and things went a bit on the fritz, IBS. So there's lots of physical symptoms that people don't necessarily associate with burnout because mm-hmm. you kind of think, oh, tired and wired, that makes sense. It's stress. Mm-hmm. But then all these other physical things are happening that could be actually just linked to that. Um, so I don't know if that gives you really a precise answer because it can be so different for everybody but yeah a lot can be going on (laughs) yeah and what then are the top tips for dealing with burnout you know if anyone's out there experiencing those types of symptoms and they've not necessarily thought that that was burnout before what type of things can people do to support themselves yeah, I mean, I guess for burnout, there's, they define it in three ways. So one is emotional exhaustion. Two is kind of a, a, a cynicism. So what's going around, a depersonalization. Um, and three is, I can't remember. The brain fog is definitely one of the symptoms. <laughs> I love that. So we, we'll add that to the captions of this podcast, the three. <laughs> We've got two. We're going to yeah. add a third one, but yeah, you've got to we'll watch the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm on social media for the third one. Well. Like, so to remind myself. I've just remembered number three, it's reduced performance. <laughs> do, do you find that most female entrepreneurs, so our next question for you would be the challenges that you face as a female founder, but are you seeing this more with female founders now who, I suppose we just accept stress? I know, it's just something that comes with being a female founder so what is your experience around that as a female founder and also you know is that something that you're seeing a lot you know with the 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 female founders around you yeah well it's a it's a challenge and I think I know that you ask your guests what their biggest challenges are that they Mm -hmm. face Mm -hmm. um and that's would be my answer I think that like once you've been burnt out it's constantly how do you make sure you don't end up back mm-hmm. there again mm-hmm. um and then you know managing that on a day-to-day basis and I did think it would be like a huge irony to kind mm-hmm. of be helping people with burnout and then to burn out myself so it is a challenge to manage that and then to kind of answer Carl's question from before in terms of how to help yourself so I developed um what's called my mood boosting method to, with like four different pillars in it to kind of help people to um combat burnout and they are nourish restore um engage and reframe so there's a whole aspect of like lifestyle and the way you think that can actually help you prevent burnout Mm -hmm. so um stress depletes us of lots of nutrients so one of the ways you can help yourself is to keep um you know wherever possible a nutrient dense diet which is a real challenge when you're stressed because when you're stressed you're gonna you're naturally gonna eat yeah poorly the the two things are, are linked yeah um so and then it's, it perpetuates the cycle then. So it just little simple things like, for example, smoothies that you can grab where you can just pack some fruit and veg in there to kind of up your vitamin C level mm-hmm. will help give you that bit of extra resilience when it comes to um, burnout. And then restore is obviously, the, you know, we all know about self-care. Mm-hmm. It's kind of talked about so much, isn't it? And it's almost become something to do on the to-do list. Mm-hmm. But it can just literally be as simple as taking five minutes to just breathe and... Um, you know, making sure you set yourself like a nice routine for going to bed of an evening to, to try and give yourself the best chance for some uh, good night's sleep. And then, then engage is all about like re-engaging when you feel like, like it depends on what stage of burnout you're at because mm. there are different stages of burnout. You know, you can kind of be going on and keep coping well. Then there's the kind, I kind of class it as tired, 
tired and wired, sorry, wired, tired and wired, and then tired. So the wired people are the ones who are kind of anxious. It might not be like affecting them physically very much, but they're just kind of go, go, mm-hmm. go. Tired and wired. Feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> she <and> knows. <laughs> tired and wired then is in the middle where you're kind of, you're still feeling a bit wired, but you're, mm-hmm. it's also starting to affect you. So you are feeling uh, fatigued. And then tired then is the kind of total exhaustion that you get with burnout. So it is three stages and it's not necessarily sequential either um but in those states there's different things going on with your stress hormones in the body so like the middle state you're producing a lot more cortisol whereas in the final state you're actually producing a lot less which is why you kind of lose your get up and go and that's it's really important to understand which stage you're at in terms of adopting that um Mm. support um, so when I say re-engage, it's all about then when you feel like re-engaging. So if you're stage three, you might need to hibernate for a couple of weeks to feel a bit yeah. better. You know, it's not about going out there and starting marathon mm. training or something like that. Mm. But it can be if you notice you've started to disengage, it can be helpful to just start doing a few little things to re-engage. Um, and then the final step is about reframes. So that's kind of deeper work um, where you've got limiting beliefs that might have just made you a bit vulnerable to um, burnout in the first place. It's kind of the thing that we do last because it is kind of like prevention um, yeah. uh, or, you know, reoccurrence prevention. So, Yeah, it sounds really interesting, interesting that you can have that, you know, that the that those self-limiting beliefs can actually be one of the causes of, you know, do we work so hard to prove to others that yeah. we are successful, you know, exactly. and do we work so hard and are so driven and passionate to prove that we made the right choices in, in leaving yeah. a business, you know, so personally, exactly. you know, my dad um, was very very disappointed when I left teaching because I'd oh, left a secure cool, job and a pension and for someone who'd worked really really hard to put his children through universities a black taxi driver you know he was so proud of that career yeah. um that when I gave up teaching um he wasn't proud of the the next stage um you know he was he was very very sad about about that and yeah. I worked extremely hard um to not be a letdown, yeah. you know, to not, you know, it was almost like you, this cannot fail. Like we can't, there's not, there's yeah. not another option. You know, I've got to prove to everyone else that I've made the right choice and not let this impact my family negatively. So yeah, yeah totally. That's um, a lot of pressure you're putting on yourself as well though, isn't it? It, it well? is, yeah, it is. And I think that there's lots of women out there who start businesses who, you know, in this, who are in the same yeah. boat with that, you know, this cannot fail. Yeah. Um, I've got to do well. I've given up so much yeah. to to be here. Um, and as women, we shoulder a lot of responsibility yeah. around the decisions, don't I mean, we, that did, we make? It's quite funny saying that because the majority of women go into business um, because they've got no other choice as well. Yeah. So you really can't have that full-time position that we did previously before having children. But yet we're led to believe that that's something that, you know, we should be yeah. working really, really hard to to prove when actually we, we could never slot back into our lives before we had children because it's just not, mm. it's just not doable. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's why women burn out more than men do basically because we yeah. have a bit, and it, and it happens around a certain age typically because of the different things that we're trying to balance and it's it's a combination of what you described there about being the high achiever wanting to always be like Mm. new successful whether it's in their corporate career or then setting up your own business Mm -hmm. because you're putting the same values on Mm. yourself in either scenario yeah but then it's also then about like the glass ceiling we face environmentally because of our gender 
that's just yeah. the way it is at the moment no matter how close the how much the gap is trying to close it still exists and then it all comes at a time of life where we're making big decisions about starting a family mm-hmm. about juggling the career can we do it all and yeah then, yeah. And we're fed this line, aren't we? That, you know, yes, you can have your cake and eat it. You're like, oh God, how? Some days, how? I know. Like, where's the cake? I know. Where's the cake? Because the cake's not going to help yeah. with the burnout. No, no darn it. <laughs> Although we, I'm thinking we should have brought cake. <laughs> should have brought all the cake. So what's the biggest challenge that you've faced as a, as a woman in business so far? And yeah, I think it's that that very subject is that is balancing my own. When you're helping other people, it's very hard to help yourself at the same yeah, time. That's so true. Um, and I, I and that's and that's a, a daily challenge. I wouldn't even say it's my biggest challenge. It's just like an ongoing challenge. Mm. It's there all the time. And even little things like putting pressure on yourself um, in the health and wellness industry to look a certain way as well. Like I think uh, I should, you know, appear in this way because that's how you know, because I'm, you know, leading where others follow and I need to look a certain way and be a certain size and glow mm. and all that's pressure that, yeah. you know, and that is a challenge when you're helping other people. And sometimes you can just give, give, give. Um, and then and then suddenly realize like, all this stuff I'm talking about, I'm not actually doing myself. Yeah. But that's so true across. So, I'm career, sure everybody yeah. watching yeah. Will, yeah. will relate to that. You know, being a counsellor, I give and give and give. And sometimes it takes you to to tell me to stop and to start taking my own advice around, you know, resting and just not taking on other people's, you know, worries so much. And yeah. you're absolutely spot on, you know, with the image that comes with the profession. Yeah. If you are in a certain job, you are expected to look a certain way. And I think that needs to to stop Same. as well. Yeah. It, it, that's one of the best things about our networking because you can turn up as you and you can wear pumps or, mm. you know, you can pop your hair up, you know, you can do... Just, just come as you. We just want you, you know, the woman behind the business. You don't have to. I find it really uncomfortable sometimes, you know, wearing if I'm getting dressed up, if I feel like I have to get dressed up for a networking mm-hmm. event and I'm putting, you know, a suit on and a blazer and I pop heels on and, you know, walking to that networking event is really difficult. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I should have just put pumps on or, you know, so yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah. So what's the best bit of advice that you've ever been given then on this business journey so far or previous? What's the best bit of advice that you've ever been given? Um, I think there's been quite, um, I've worked um, on a freelance basis for a menopause clinic and there's, and the lady who runs that clinic has been my mentor and she's given me lots of different tips along the way. One thing that I've taken from sort of modeling her journey, if you like, is, um, writing a book which you know when you Yay. said about the biggest challenge I suddenly thought that should have been yeah. the answer to that question <laughs> it is a challenge but a very worthwhile challenge but I think you know having like um you know something out there that's a bit more accessible for people mm-hmm. has definitely been one of the best pieces of advice from a business point of view because you know what I do is very much behind closed doors working with clients whereas the book is something that can kind of you know share that showcase that knowledge but also help people in a way that's um everyone needs to know more about the book now Rachel we need need to know where they can get it where we can get it you know exactly what your plans are for the book moving forward um so it's called the burnout bible um and it's how to combat fatigue and emotional overwhelm naturally 
Um, the book will be published on uh, the 18th of July. It's my birthday. Which is your birthday? So two good days. I know <laughs> what I'm going to get Claire for her birthday <laughs> Thank now. Thank you. I know you've been up about 20 copies. <laughs> I wonder if anyone's thought of this. <laughs> you want to sign one, Claire? Yes, you know. thank <laughs> you. Um, so yeah, we're at the stage now where we're gathering endorsements. It's all being typeset. The illustrations are all, have all been drawn that are going into the book. So wow. it's starting to kind of look like a book now as opposed to like mm-hmm. just a giant... Um, <laughs> dissertation basically yeah. it was like a big massive word yeah. document um so it's yeah it's getting exciting um it's available internationally so the publishers um distribute it um to all kind of english language countries and wow. then eventually you know if it's if there's demand then we might get it translated yes. and like that well. when there's so, demand you're yeah. gonna get it demand. translated I, mean, I used to work in germany so i might just kind of like poke up some people why there not? to kind of like maybe buy it and create the demand not work in germany. there you go <laughs> yeah, i met a friend actually messaged me the other day who was out in australia and she's like i've pre-ordered my copy and i can't wait for it to arrive and i was like Aww. that's so surreal that it's that winging its way like to these different places so. and what do you hope to achieve with the book um, you know, world domination. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, you know, coming down from that, I think the main thing is to kind of increase my reach and, and just kind of get the message out there and, and help people that, that um, you know, my service ultimately is private healthcare and that's not always accessible to no, everybody. definitely not. So the book is, you know, a really kind of like low cost way of giving people as much information as that. possible to kind of help people in, mm-hmm. a, in a kind of, okay, it's an, an almost like an arm's length way. But yeah. if I can just share the message of what's out there, then to help people, um, then that will, I will have just done my job. If and happens. where can people see that message then? So share your socials uh, yeah. with our audience. So um, the website is www.re-nutrition.co.uk and I'm on Instagram mainly um, at uh, re underscore nutrition. I'm on Facebook a little bit and I'm also on TikTok, which is very exciting. <laughs> I'm having a bit too much fun on there. <laughs> I think it's make it a bit more professional. And you got, you, you're quite famous on TikTok now with this wave. I know. But you do. <laughs> like my friend pointed out that every time I started doing while I started doing this little can you wave. do the wave for us now so she started have... going like yeah like this little thing so she said it could be your little thing so now every TikTok starts off with like yeah. a little <laughs> it's a little wave yeah I love that. like the queen yeah. why not oh, the, queen. Yeah. the queen I know I know our most inspirational hey, woman yeah so yeah so um we've done the best bit of advice we've done the biggest challenges you've faced we've talked about the book <laughs> but we have not talked about Oh, here we go again. I know. This is the one. Oh, this was actually my idea. <laughs> this was an idea that I was like, this will be great. You know, it'll be great for social media. I am massively regretting this. <laughs> I'm only one. Please, Rachel, I'm don't call one. me feral like Maggie O'Carroll did. <laughs> Please. The head. It's only one. Yeah. You'll get over it. You can cancel yourself out of it. Um, yeah. So, Rachel. <laughs> I hate conflict, guys. This is really uncomfortable. No, there's no conflict. <laughs> as long as you pick the right choice. As long as you pick the right choice. The right answer. Um, okay. So, <laughs> she does leave a tea bag in. We have two ways to make a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And Claire makes it by putting the tea bag in the cup, pouring the water on. Oh, you make it sound so exotic. Pouring, pouring the, the water in, on. Actually, the Rachel. In. Actually, I, I pop my tea bag in my mug and then I pump my tap. <laughs> <laughs> because you've got, she's got one of those pots on. And it goes, 
and it fills the water up and then I give it a little stir, make sure it's the right. And then I add my milk in and then take my tea bag out and place it in the bin. When I get that Rachel, the tea bag touches the milk. I make it whereby (laughs) the tea bag must never ever touch the milk in the cup at the same time. Um, If you were to make a cup of tea... No. Which way? No. Which way? No. no. Really leading way. No. How do you make your tea? Ladies and Thank business. you. She's trying to get another point, wasn't she? How do you make your cup of tea? Yeah, to, be honest, to be honest, the concept of milk touching hot water completely freaks me out. Oh, really? <laughs> so I think I'm going to like, So I think I'm probably not going to land anywhere near you guys and you're going to be like, right, you're never coming back We're going to need a new score. <laughs> so um, I never really used to drink tea until recently because it wasn't my... Uh, Um, but then yeah so now I drink um Chinese whole leaf tea and I don't um, make make it with milk so I will make it in a in a little um tea um pot Pot. yeah Yeah. with like a strainer in it so the leaves just stay in there and then and then the water just kind of infuses so it's not really uh I know you really want me to you don't have a tea bag or you don't have I have to say I'm gonna comment on this as a child I used to get asked all the time to make cups of tea for my mum and dad and how would you make that Rachel how would that how would that be made the tea bag out before putting the milk in (laughs) yeah but that's not a point That's not a point. That's That's not a point. It's not a point. Because Rachel doesn't have milk. (laughs) Thank you, Rachel. You've been an incredible guest today. We have loved having you with us today. And we cannot wait to read the book. All about the Enjoy your green tea. Can I just see your tea? Rachel, you have got green tea with no milk. So that that can't be fair. We actually need a clear cow and green tea now. So Rachel, you are the first point on the green tea. And you can just say Claire, Cal, and others. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just call it, yeah, the, the others. The others. I'll happily sit in the others and I'll have to make a decision yeah. unless you're on the fence. No, it's okay, Rachel. You made your decision and the audience heard that loud and clear. And uh, that will be the end of today's podcast. It has been wonderful that you have joined us. We've loved Cheers. having you with us. If you've enjoyed this podcast, come and see who will be next on the couch. Um, spilling the tea with us. What is going on? on a blooper spilling the tea with us over it spill the tea with LLIB snort the tea with LLIB (laughs) 